This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, last month, Sinn Féin reached a high position in the politics of the North. They were the most popular party in the Assembly elections and yet, of course, uh, for other reasons, that Assembly election has been rendered impotent for the time being. But the good news for Sinn Féin is that in a Red Sea poll for the Business Post last Sunday... Uh, for the first time ever, Sinn Féin polled 36%, and the really significant fact is that their number, 36%, was more than the combined 35% support for Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. Uh, this is another uh, Sinn Féin record, and we're joined now by Fionn Sheehan, Ireland editor of independent newspapers, to discuss the significance of this. Fionn, it's difficult to envisage at the moment for, for me and other lay people how the next government down here will be formed. But Sinn Féin are now in a remarkable position when you consider the fact that they have more support than the combined Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael parties. Yeah, effectively, put it this way, if there was an election tomorrow, Sinn Féin would come back with at least... 20 extra seats uh, at, at the very least. Uh, and that's before any, you know, knock on bounces that they would get uh, on the day in terms of, of transfers and being people's second preference party and so on and so forth. So they'd be hitting, you know, baseline of, of 57 seats. You'd expect them to be hitting 60, uh, if not, not more uh, on a day given uh, momentum like that, because um, you know, Seamus Brennan used to have traditions when you have great saying about you, you don't become popular on the second count, but you continue to be popular on the second count. Yeah. Um, that, you know, if, if it's gone against you on the first count, it, it continues to get you, you continue to have a bad night. Uh, and if things are going your way on, on the first count, uh, there tends to be a bit of a, a, mom, a momentum uh, in your favor. And people will say, you know, well, Sinn Féin a bit marmite, you either love them or, or you hate them. There was certainly indications from the, the, the last general election 
that Mary Lou MacDonald had, had overcome that hurdle. We're, we're, we're never quite exactly clear on their second preference pattern because most of their candidates topped the poll and, yes. and got elected first time around. So we didn't have a, a, as clear a picture. But there's certainly indication that Sinn Féin's uh, popularity uh, is, is, is moving across the board. Interestingly enough, I mean, you mentioned Northern Ireland. They became the, the biggest party by by not really doing a whole lot. Yes. They, didn't, they didn't move a whole lot in, in either direction. It was more the misfortunes uh, of other parties uh, that that affected them. They, yeah, they absolutely. They went up one percent in the polls, considering they had a, a very poor Westminster uh, election uh, in the, the latter stages of, of twenty twenty, just before in December of, of um, sorry December twenty nineteen. Bad day at the, at the office for them. Then a continual losing streak in the, with, with what had happened to them in the local and European elections in the south. So they have reversed that trend. Very much consolidated their position. Uh, came back with the, the same number of seats, and by virtue of the fact that the DUP uh, dropped three seats, Sinn Fein ended up as the biggest party. But I mean, the big the big winners uh, on on the day or the, the, the alliance, alliance yes. the alliance party and that that middle ground and hardline unionists, but that didn't convert. Uh, into any additional uh, seats uh, going to them. So nonetheless, Sinn Féin, yes, will now be, are entitled to, to nominate a, a First Minister when eventually one expects that the uh, the latest impasse in, in Northern politics will resolve itself. But unfortunately, as we know, that can take anything from three weeks to three years to spend depending upon uh, what uh, ways things drop there. I, w- I would say that People say we are in a very, you know, we're, we're disconnected. We have two different uh, electoral systems, obviously, north and south. You would have to say there there is some connection. Uh, we have seen over time that, that Sinn Féin's growth in the north does tally with their, their growth in, in south and vice versa. So when things are going well for them, they tend to be going well for them across the, the board. And you, you can, you know, bar, we can, we can go back to the hunger strike by-elections and, and so on and so forth. I'm looking more at the, particularly the post Good Friday agreement, uh, environment. Uh, for them where their substantial growth ha- has happened and, and we, we do see that trend emerging. So you can actually look at the, the last general election uh, in, in, in the South, in the Republic, in the state, whatever it is that, that you want to call it. I know that Sinn Féin people have some objections to calling the 26 counties. The 26 counties, the three green fields, whichever one you want. So you, you did have a situation where heading into that general election. Obviously, it was expected uh, on that occasion that Sinn Féin would do quite badly because there was a pattern emerging done badly in 2019, the local Europeans, done badly in, in Westminster in large year 2019. Things in the opinion polls were not looking good for them. But there was a, a, a dramatic shift in that opening week uh, of that campaign in terms of Sinn Féin's fortunes, and that was the return of the Northern Ireland Assembly. There had been an agreement struck uh, between the parties, many of the elements of which were never actually fulfilled, but nonetheless, it got the assembly back. And you had Sinn Féin uh, leadership appearing on the steps uh, of, of Stormont with Leo Varadkar and Boris Johnson present and Northern Secretaries and Foreign Ministers and so on and so forth. So there was a, it seemed to be a, a, 
a, a winning hue to them as a result uh, of that. And did that have a, a mild bit of an impact on them down the south? Yeah, well, it, it certainly got the monkey off their back that, you know, it was their fault that the Assembly had collapsed and that Northern Ireland had been without uh, government uh, and so on. So you, you could argue, yeah, that was a, a, a one element of, of their fortunes uh, on that day. As we know, they, they fell short in terms of seat numbers on that occasion because they were expecting that they weren't going to have a, a good yeah. day, therefore they were reducing their candidates. So it's it's not a it's 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 a disproportionate picture that we have from the last general election where Sinn Fein got the most got the most votes, but Fianna Fáil ultimately come out with the with the most seats. So we there is a continuation of that pattern, I suppose, since the last general election, both in terms of Fianna Fáil and and Fianna Gael's perspective. Fianna Gael pretty much sitting where they were at that time. Fianna Fáil continuing. Uh, to decline in support and and Sinn Féin continued to go up. So it is quite significant. I mean, if you if they got they got twenty five percent of the the votes uh, thereabouts in in the last general election, they're they're now up to to thirty six percent. There is a quite considerable significant shift towards them, and you'd have to say uh, when you're looking at it uh, that would not be in line with what one would expect if you were to look from from the outside at, at the picture at the moment uh we have the government parties who were who were in office during a crisis we we saw finnegal going sport going up quite dramatically in the the middle stages of 2020 as a result of the perception of leadership shown during the early stages of, of COVID COVID nineteen, uh, when the, the state uh, had to swing into action, and it was kind of a, a rallying to the flag uh, element. Uh, since then, you've seen you know COVID nineteen is now you know it's almost officially uh, done and dusted. Now it's 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 still there within, uh, within the population, but when you even see things like wage supports finishing today, yes. uh, the, the, the state response is, is gone back. Uh, gone back to, to, to normal. So you are now looking at, at a picture where we have a booming economy, where we are heading towards full employment. We had figures last week and with two million people in, in the workforce. There are job vacancies uh, seemingly across uh, a, a wide number uh, of sectors. Uh, we have inflation running at, at high levels, though we still have housing uh, dramatic. Uh, housing supply problem. So the economic picture isn't tallying up with what people are expecting about uh, a functioning country. Yes. So it, it, we have, we appear to have shifted very much from the last economic boom where it was all, as Bill Clinton would say, about the economy, stupid, to one where we are moving towards uh, people caring more about the society and the country that we are living in and thinking, well, look, what's the point in having all of this money? If we can't provide basic services yes. to people, such as a, a as hospital treatment, uh, such as uh, a place to live that that is uh, affordable, and even this week one would have to say a place a seat on an aircraft, we can't even provide that. So there is that gap uh, between what 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 people are expecting that the country will will provide uh, for them beyond uh, a, a stable job or an income. Uh, into the, the sort of public services that they want to see delivered, and this is where government is 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 seen to be falling down. We, yeah, we continue to be an economy that that attracts uh, a large amount of, of inward uh, investment. Our taxation revenues uh, continue uh, 
to boom. There is uh, money available when items come up. For example, the government have been able to put an extra two billion into cost of living amelioration measures over the last two years. But yet people are saying there are too many problems that are going on for too long in this country and they are not satisfied with them. And when you break down the Sinn Féin support, people would say, well, look, it's it's driven by, by young voters, it's the housing crisis, it's people not being being satisfied with terms of conditions and employment, that the, the, the labour market has shifted, that there's less security there. But actually, you turn around and go, well, well no, because when you dig into their figures uh, in terms of where the support is coming from, there's actually a higher proportion amongst middle-aged people of 35 to 54, in the 35 to 54 age group, than there is in the 18 to 34 it tails off a bit then when you get into the elderly and 55 plus and they're they're still getting a substantial uh block of support uh from from middle class uh areas so that's why we're we are really having to reevaluate what what exactly the the Sinn Féin base is in terms of uh where they're getting support from and this is the Mary Lou Macdonald effect where she has brought them from a position where they were seen to be very much uh, a, a hard left working class party to one that is very much uh, acceptable uh, in in middle class terms. Yes, and I was going to ask you, that was my next question really, where are they taking support from? Uh, for example, I note that in the Red Sea poll on Sunday for the Sunday Business Post, Ivana Bacic's leadership, uh, new leadership of the Labour Party has yielded nothing. They were down 1%, which is, of course, within the margin of error. Social Democrats really going nowhere. They were just uh, down a, a point as well. People before profit, no change. And ain't too, uh, no change. So is it Finn of Fall and Finnegale's lunch they're eating? It is, yeah, and and those smaller parties do do have to be worried because from what we saw at the last general election, if Sinn Féin had enough candidates in the field on that occasion, yes. it would have been people for profit seats that they they would have have gobbled up and other other left wing uh, independents and social democrats and labour would have got squeezed uh, as well. Um, in in particular constituencies, so we saw that that those parties benefited from Sinn Fein's, you know, oversight on on their part in in not even seeing themselves that they were going to to have a, a good day. So it's it's not fair to say that th- those those smaller uh, left wing parties can can sit there and go, okay, this is grand, this is a rising tide, it's going to lift all boats. Uh, it, it it isn't. They are not the ones uh, who, who are growing, despite the fact that there is such dissatisfaction with the government. But yeah, as you say, it is Fianna Fáil and, and in particular uh, and Fine Gael to a, a lesser degree uh, that are, are suffering as a result uh, of, of the, the, the rise in, in the Sinn Féin vote. And that's obviously continuing to create a lot of angst uh, within Fianna Fáil, but nonetheless... There isn't really a, uh, any view on on how to how to tackle that, and certainly a change of party leader is not seen to be uh, the solution at this particular point in time. There was interesting analysis uh, from the Red Sea Polling Company, Richard Caldwell, within that Sunday Business Post poll, where he was saying like the, the the solution 
you know, it, 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 what he was saying was, he was admitting it was fairly obvious that if they can show progress on issues like housing and health, that there is a lot of ground to be won back. Yes. And when you look at it, you say, yes, and they still have time to do that, but they have lost uh, a certain amount of time, obviously because of, of COVID-19. So it is about now getting back to focus on the delivery of those key services uh, and development of infrastructure that people are saying has been the issue. Because it's not as if this uh, election was the first one where housing was the major issue. Uh, housing seemed to be the issue for slow learners in, in this election that people turned around and said, well, actually, what people are concerned about is housing. We actually had it, it the same in, in 2016. Yes. There was certainly uh, feedback coming from, from that campaign that one of the reasons why Fine Gael and the Labour Party did so badly was because uh, there was a housing crisis uh, burgeoning at, at that particular point in time. And, and you could point back to, yeah, well, we had a housing crash uh, less than a decade earlier, and that's therefore where, where that came from. But there was that dissatisfaction uh, amongst the, the voters uh, around the, the progress of supply in the housing market and also just the, the ideology around it as well. The notion that Fine Gael had, which appeared to be, well, we can leave it to the private market and the private market will will resolve uh, the issue. That seems to be more or less gone off the table now, but we're now gone into other ideological rows about how much supply we need to provide from the public sector and can the public sector match that or does it have to work hand in hand with, with the private sector to actually deliver the housing that's required? That's come into that space as well. So we, we still have got a massive housing crisis that has been exacerbated by by the cost of living. It's hitting people uh, in in their pockets, and they're turning around to a party that is saying that it has solutions uh, to these problems, and that is is Sinn Fein. They have been been saying for the last number of years the solution to the housing crisis is build more houses and build more public houses. They've been saying for the last six months. Uh, going back probably seven, eight months, that cost of living is a major issue for people and that therefore more uh, direct supports need to be provided to people to to help them with that. Uh, so it, it's not as if people can we can turn around and say, well, the rise for Sinn Féin, you know, it's really down to, to Brexit or a burgeoning nationalism on, on our part. It's more to do with bread and butter issues, as we saw in the election up in Northern Ireland, where Sinn Féin pretty much avoided talking about United Ireland border polls, uh, referendums for the, over the course of, of three weeks and focused on those bread and butter issues that, that people were concerned about. And then after the election turned around and said, well, now is the time we need to be preparing for a border poll. So, you know, that's, that's, it, there's a, a similar picture developing down here. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, uh, Finan, the formation of the next government, or even on your analysis, if they get 60 seats, they're 20 seats short, correct? Yeah. And... Yeah. Is it possible, we've always, um, or many people have yearned for uh, conventional left-right politics to arrive in Ireland. Uh, it never has. But certainly on this latest Red Sea poll numbers, the first thing that struck me was if you wanted to stop Sinn Féin, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil would need to have at least an informal uh, understanding that they would unite and cobble together a government on those numbers. Can you see how Finneg- uh, uh, rather how Sinn Féin would form a government on those numbers that we have from Sunday? Well, it, it's still, it, yeah, from, from the numbers that we have on Sunday, yeah, it, it is still more or less mathematically possible that uh, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, the Greens, and potentially one other, yeah, perhaps the, the Labour Party uh, would come would come together uh, and form uh, a, a government. I mean, once once you're you keep, know, once you're at keep Sinn Fein out at all costs, Fein out at all costs, and that would that yeah. would be a, a, a that a, might a, be the a, slogan. <laughs> a rainbow coalition of, yeah. of, of of a of a different hue. You did have this after the last general election. I mean, we we did. Throw up, it did throw up a result with, with, with those three parties where you did need to turn around and say, right, two of these three parties need to go into government together. Otherwise, it won't be possible, uh, to have a, a coalition. And you saw that, that Sinn Fein's own, uh, coalition talks basically only lasted four days. I mean, they, it was quite clear that none of the other left-wing parties, by far, okay, people before profit, were, were voting for Mary Lou MacDonald uh, ultimately to become, they did vote for her to become Taoiseach, but, you know, they weren't exactly engaging in, in coalition uh, talks. The Social Democrats, the Greens, and the Labour Party were were not getting on board. Michal Martin was making it clear that, that he was not uh, going to be supporting them. So we did have some 
bits of fever speculation during that time period that, well, what if what if Fianna Fáil turned around and got rid of Michal Martin, put in a different leader who would go in with them? But ultimately, you know, it's not that Sinn Féin got anywhere else with anybody else. They weren't able to lock down the Green Party to go into substantial talks with them as the other two, two parties uh, did. They weren't able to build a, a momentum beyond getting support from uh, people before profit and some independence for Mary Lou Macdonald to become Taoiseach. That, that wasn't, a formation of a government wasn't feasible there without Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael en- engaging with them. And they made, they made it quite clear that they weren't going to do that. So that ultimately, that did force the hand then. If, you, if, if you're not going to go in with Sinn Féin, you're ruling that party out, well, then you're going to have to go in together. And it wasn't that big a leap, I suppose, given that they had had uh, the agreement over the, the, the conference supply agreement over the, the previous uh, four years. So we will be in that same situation next time out, but it'll, be, it'll certainly be far more exacerbated when you see Sinn Féin coming back next time, if they were to have 60 to 65 yes. seats, very difficult to see how you could create a, a blocking majority to keep them out. Yes, indeed. Uh, just looking at their, looking at them, the cut of their jib, as it were, they don't seem to me like a party who would be very coalition friendly. I wouldn't like to be hold, holding six to ten seats, propping them up. And expecting them to say hello to me every day, <laughs> that they seem to think that you know they are the men and women, and particularly women, they don't seem to be pragmatic, shall we say, uh, at all. Or am I misreading that, Finon? You're a much well, no. more astute judge than I am. I can't see them having the pragmatism, um, even of the Dick Spring Labour Party in 1992 when there was this same kind of protest vote, Labour got 33 seats mm-hmm. and went in with Fianna Fáil, which the people specifically begged them. Uh, the, the election was a really a massive rejection of Fianna Fáil. You can't see that happening with Sinn Féin somehow. And also, you know, this is going to be Sinn Féin's problem come the, come the next uh, general election. If the result is thrown up, uh, where basically it isn't feasible to have any other government other than, than a Sinn Féin-led one, then you look at and go, oh, okay, fine, you have two options now. One is you go into substantial coalition talks with other parties to form a government with them and you will share out uh, cabinet positions yeah. and por- portfolios uh, and policies and a program for government will be formulated uh, as as a result. So, you know, that that's option number one. Option number two is a Sinn Féin-led minority government where you have Sinn Féin as, as, as by far the largest party and other parties either agree to support them from outside uh, of the government uh, or just agree to not vote against them so that and you have this loose uh, majority put together which won't last too long you'd have to say but you might get 12 months uh, out of it on, until a, a, an issue uh, arises and at that point you are going to really see uh, Sinn Féin are going to be put to the test yes. uh, in terms of their ability to uh, a deliver policies, but also to achieve consensus. 
to coalesce with people, just to be able to get along with other parties, develop relationships, not have things collapsing uh, at, at, at the, the shortest whim. You're not going to be in a position like they are in Northern Ireland where you can bring things down, but people run the show from over uh, yes. in, in, in London. And we, we have seen over the, the past 20 odd years that uh, there have been so many breakdowns in Northern Ireland that, you know, the blame game is often about, well, it's their fault or this issue won't, won't, won't work itself out and so on and so forth. And you'd have to say it's kind of six in one, half a dozen in the other. You do turn around and say, well, sometimes Sinn Fein have been to, to blame. Uh, here for for events that have combined to to collapse the the executive in Northern Ireland, yes, of course, for yeah. example, around the, the cash, cash flash. flash, yeah, and 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 there have been examples like that where you've said that, that they've been too quick to collapse things uh, and and walk away rather than staying at the table and and trying to to sort things out. And for example, we're seeing this only playing out uh, in government uh, at the moment with the Green Party losing two TDs over the National Maternity Hospital. I mean, if you were to lose two out of 12 uh, TDs, you would have to, you know, that could be a major crisis in a party. They could turn around and go, oh, look, we we can't put up with this. We're going to have to walk away. It's too big a price to pay and so on and so forth. And the, the Green Party have shown some resolve in, in that regard. They, they had to tease out this issue. Ultimately, nothing really changed uh, in terms of the, the, the final package that was put, uh, that, that was put to cabinet compared to what had gone a, a few weeks earlier. But they basically wrote out that, that storm and they're, they're continuing on to focus on what, what is the bigger, bigger picture around climate change and, and delivery in government. And you'd look at Sinn Féin and go, well, would you be capable of doing that? Are you going to be able to be conciliatory uh, and and develop the, the, that, that sort of attitude that you're going to win some and lose some, but there, there is a, 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 a bigger picture uh, at play here? And you'd question based on their record in Northern Ireland, whether they have that ability to do that. Yeah, just a couple of final questions, uh, Fanon. One is that their kind of aspiration, and it's probably even stronger than an aspiration, it's it's a dream, would be to hold the Taoiseach's office down here and the first ministership in Northern Ireland. So that really is, for Sinn Féin, a historic aspiration that would certainly appeal to veteran members of the party and its associate, uh, the IRA. That is a big target, isn't it, really? A big aspiration and that might tempt them to make compromises they wouldn't otherwise make. And it, it could easily fall for them, but it, they could also be unfortunate in terms of the, of the, of the timing. Uh, if if the current executive, uh, if the current assembly gets up and running and they hold the first minister's office, well, then you'd look at it and go, okay, well, you have a general election coming up uh, in Ireland in in two and a half years, or three years, two and a half, that's three years. Twenty six counties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 therefore, uh, would is it possible that they would hold both offices? Now, on on the flip side, you could have another assembly election where the DUP regains some ground and they go back ahead. By, by, by one or two seats and, and it just doesn't fall right for Sinn Féin. I, I think ultimately, yeah, that'd be a nice symbolic, uh, attainment for them. But ultimately their, their bigger goal is their raison d'etre and that is to get, 
uh, to a position yes. where there is a United Ireland. And at the moment, um, that's about building towards a, a border poll. And you'd have to say that getting into government does tally with that. If, if they can show uh, in Northern Ireland and in the Republic of Ireland that they can get into office that they can deliver on, on, on policies, that they can actually improve people's lives. That is a way in which you can win people over. There is an entire middle ground cohort now in Northern Ireland of around about 20%, uh, of, of the voters, uh, who are basically not voting along traditional, uh, nationalist unionist lines. They are really the ones at this point who are going to decide uh, if if Northern Ireland uh, w- w- was to pass a, a referendum to, to on, on unification, yes. uh, likewise in the south, we're still seeing opinion polls that say people are kind of s- skeptical uh, and sketchy uh, around whether they believe uh, a united Ireland. Sh- w- it's not so much should it happen; it, it's when should it happen, and and how would it look. And how exactly would it work? And those questions haven't really been asked. And Sinn Féin have kind of toned down the rhetoric on this one a couple of years ago. It was, oh, we need to have a border poll. We need to have a border poll. There was no real thinking behind it. You, you kind of look at it and go, okay, what, what's the second sentence? <laughs> yes. You know, how does it work? Yes. How much will it cost? Is yeah, the, the dog, the dog chases the car and then they catch the car. What, <laughs> what do they do then? A bit like, as we saw with Boris Johnson and Brexit. Yes, indeed. Got your, you got your result. What are you going to do now? So a big part of, of the Sinn Féin moving towards that is, yeah, to show you can provide stable government and delivery for for people of a, of a, of a better country. You'd think that that is a more attainable and sustainable middle ground goal for them to achieve. And then look at the border poll uh, beyond that, that that's that makes more logical sense as a, as a strategy for them. Okay, Finan, we're really grateful to you for joining us on the stand. Finan Sheehan is the Ireland editor of independent newspapers and one of the most astute observers of our political uh, scene. Thank you, Finan. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.